Hello, Matt. How are you? Yeah, very good, mate. Very good this week. Just back off getting stuck into a new course for a change, which is always nice. What about yeah. yourself? Uh, I'm shattered, uh, to be honest. I've spent five hours in the uh, in the sun uh, at a double-header baseball match, so uh, I'm not used to that yellow, shiny thing in the sky. Um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't see a lot of it, did you? No, and uh, it was beautiful today, really quite hot. And uh, as I say, five hours of um, of baseball outside in the sun has left me cooked metaphorically and physically. So, um, yeah, all right, though. Yeah, as I say, can't complain about the sun because, uh, as I say, that, that, might, that actually might be summer uh, today, one day, uh, 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 the way that Ireland's uh, weather's been lately. So, um yeah, as I say, welcome to Man in the Stand. Welcome to the listeners, uh, an ever-growing body of listeners. And I think it's because my compatriot here, uh, Matt Phillips, is just going winner, winner, chicken dinner every week. That's that's two weeks running now, Matt. Well done, mate. Patrick Cantley picked out, and uh, and Patrick Reed at a nice big price for a place as well. And um, you must be you must be chuffed. We've obviously got to touch on the John Rahm you know side of it, but hey, mate. Let's, you know, that's just sometimes the, you know, sometimes the, you, you eat the beer, sometimes the beer eats you, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it comes with an enormous asterisk, doesn't it? But that said, you take the rubber green with golf, whether whether it happens, sometimes it falls your way and sometimes it doesn't. So I'm more than happy that that Cantley took advantage. So, yeah, I mean, chuffed. I didn't think it was happening for an awful long part of their Sunday, even after Ram's withdrawal. Um, he made hard work of it, but... Yeah, chuffed, and especially with the Reed place as well. I thought he played remarkably well on Sunday and just didn't didn't score anywhere near as well as he could have even. Um, at one point, I thought Reed was going to get get into it at, at 40s, which was a lovely price. So, yeah, another successful week. Um, everyone likes you when you're winning, so I've got more Twitter followers this today than I did yesterday. It's yeah. not too bad. Um, let's hope we can keep it rolling, eh? Yeah, yeah. Well, as I say, that's just great, solid work by you, Matt. And you're, you're obviously, as I say, you're seeing them well, as the adage goes. And, uh, you know, uh, so let's talk about this Memorial Tournament because there's a lot to talk about, obviously. Uh, yeah. uh, so let's go, um, first of all, over the bear results. So Patrick Cantley uh, beats Colin Morikawa in a playoff uh, on the uh the second extra hole of of, of playoffs and, uh, and and comes away victorious. Um, Scotty Scheffler um, plays uh, extremely well and only really stumbles at you know towards the end of the day uh, on the final day on the Sunday to finish uh, third uh, on eleven under. Um, Brandon Grace has another very solid week and finishes alone in fourth on ten under. Uh, Patrick Reed, as I say, a very solid uh, Saturday and Sunday, 69-69 to finish alone in fifth. And then uh, a, a real turn-up for the books, Jimmy Walker, a name we haven't seen for a very, very long time. It's a startling 65 on Sunday to finish tied in sixth with uh, Shane Larry, who has another good, solid week. Max Homer, who seems to be now almost a fixture in these tournaments, uh, you know, on a Sunday now, he's become a real, uh, a real powerhouse in the game uh, in the last 12 months. Uh, and as I say, finishes tied for 672 on Sunday. And then Aaron Wise, who's had a bit of a form revival, definitely um, a name that seems to keep cropping up on, on leaderboards in the last, probably in the last two couple of months, two or three months, he's, his, his game is trending in the right direction. So he finished well in the tie for ninth. 
with Siwoo Kim. And another man, I'm great to see Ricky Fowler coming back into some form. Had a really good Thursday. Um, not a great Saturday with a 75. But played solidly enough on Sunday for a final round 70 to finish tied in 11th with my mate Xander Chauflay, who I think I finally worked it out with Chauflay. The problem with Chauflay is he is not, he's not, his iron play has, has not been his usual crisp. Um, display so he's not getting it uh, you know in the parameters in the vicinity he he, he was in the past here yeah, sure he's hitting greens but he's not getting near enough to the pins and uh, and and it's just he's just ultimately been hugely disappointing you know another solid Thursday and um, petered out to another disappointing Sunday but another sort of high finish you can't you know I'm just pissed off because I'm backing this guy and he keeps on um, flattering to deceive. But actually, if you look at on the stone hard facts, he keeps finishing, you know, around the top 10 all the time. So can't be too hard on the guy, but I'm, I'm sure he's, you know, not, not terribly happy about it either. Um, so that's it. You know, that's that sort of rounds out your top 10. And then obviously John Rahm absolutely running away with it with a six-shot lead, gets pulled up on Saturday evening and says, oh, uh, you've tested Potters for COVID. Uh, you're going to have to drop out. So um, what was your sort of initial reaction to that, Matt? Yeah, I mean, my, my initial reaction was actually waking up on, on Sunday morning. I'd sacked it off just before I realised on Saturday night. Um, yeah. And I got a text from my mate with just a screenshot of Ram withdrawal because he knew I was on Cantley. Um, so my initial reaction was get in. Um, yeah. and, then, and then just wondering why. I'm a little shocked in a way that, that the PGA Tour haven't found a way for him because he was six shots clear to complete the tournament. But I quite like that they haven't because, I mean, the same happened for Brandon Grace, if you remember, quite a while back when he was doing really well. I think it was Barracuda. It was an alternate event. And that they've actually got the same rules now. I don't want to go too far into the ethics around vaccinations and COVID and conscientious objectives. No. Yeah. That is what it is. I think Ram knew about the potential for that and um, previous because he had had close contact with a with a positive case. So as all tour players are, they're aware of the protocols. It's it's sad for him. Um, but I mean, happily, it wasn't like a maiden tour winner who that was might be their only win ever. John Ram is not going to struggle for PGA Tour victories. Um, but no. it's sad because he'd been, I said on Twitter the other day, he'd been scratching around for a bit of form. That was maybe a bit unfair because he has had a couple of high finishes. But Shane Lowry was interviewed on, on the Saturday evening after the news came out. And he said that round of golf from Ram on Saturday was the best round of golf he's ever seen. Um, coming from a man who's won an Open, um, a Claret Joke, that's high praise indeed. And I looked at some stats behind it and Ram's tournament over those three days was, I believe, the the second most strokes gained over a tournament ever, second only to Bryson at winged foot on a course that's actually a really hard course. And he just ripped it apart, didn't he? He would have won doing handstands yesterday. Um, they wouldn't have stood a chance. Uh, so I think it's really sad. I think it was a it was a delight and a frustration to watch because he was just excellent all day on Saturday. Um, but John Ram will win again and he'll win plenty. So, yeah. It's hard. Yeah. It is what it is, isn't it? And I thought, do you know what? Ram came out of it a lot higher in my standing, a sort of the way he responded to it and the way publicly he responded to it anyway. And even immediately after being told, getting blindsided by the green a little bit, I thought he he conducted himself excellently, both during and after. So, so fair play to John Ram, given that in the past we've seen him have a bit of a temper and sort of not handle things quite as as democratically perhaps as he did. So fair play, John Ram. 
Yeah, I thought it was pretty tacky the way that they came up to him on the side of the green with the cameras there and everything. I can't understand why they couldn't just, you know, when he was coming into the scorer's tent, pull him aside in the tent in a, in a private, you know, in a bit of private space and say, hey, listen, John, this is the situation. To do it on the side of the green, I thought was... It was almost to make a spectacle of it almost, which I don't agree with at all. And I think it's yeah. without, can we? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, as I say, let's park that and 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 go to the playoff. I mean, as I say, I, I, I my 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 selections last week, my my short price sort of pick. I was umming and ahhing between Morikawa and Shoflay, and uh, because I, you know, Morikawa had played well here before, played in the workday um, last year, uh, and and I finally fell on the side of um, Shoflay because of the value he had, rather, you know, which was a wrong way to do it. But that's just me at the moment. I could stop a train at the moment. I'm that cold. But but the um, but the, the the fact of the matter is, you know, Morikawa plays this course well, and I, you know. It, even doesn't matter if he's a bit less money. He he plays it well, and he showed he played it well again. You know, and I actually, I I honestly thought Morikawa had this. I thought he had this one, um, and uh, because he just he's just so solid. Morikawa get moving maneuvering around the golf course. He's so so good, and as you mm-hmm. say, Cantley seemed to just be stuttering throughout the throughout the day on Sunday. It was a wonderful sort of. Um, uh, at climax to it was Scheffler, Cantley, and Morikawa all sort of nip and tuck the whole way, wasn't it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it worked out into a great spectacle the way that it happened. But I think Morikawa will feel feel like he's not really got what he's deserved from the tournament just because it was that rare occurrence where actually he gained significant strokes with his putter, which hasn't really happened apart from his win at um, concession and maybe once more this year. But mm. I'm just watching it. it. It wasn't the Morikawa that we that we know and love, really. His approaches were off, especially yeah. on Sunday. Obviously, yeah. he's still he's still been very close to the top, but we're so used to Morikawa just sticking approaches and sticking approaches, and he missed an awful lot of greens. I've not got the stats to hand, but yeah. he missed an awful lot of greens, um, especially on Sunday, at places that he couldn't really afford to miss. Now, his putter cooperated and he got up and down an awful lot and hauled about four or five par putts between 10 and 15 feet. But if he could only just have had his his baseline or even sort of a, a standard bad day with his irons, I think he would have won by a couple. Um, I thought Cantley was dead a couple of times in that playoff too. Um, so did I. Yeah. When he went the second one right, obviously he did it in, played a brilliant shot after getting a drawing a bit of a lucky lie on the 18th in, in standard time. Um, and then hit the middle of the green. And then he did play it exactly the same shot, um, but not quite as bad. It ended up in the deep stuff. I thought he was cooked. Um, and even then, it's kind of all... A couple of times, got three or four times up that playoff hall, I thought it was Morikawa's to lose. Um, and, yeah, he kind of fell over the line a little bit in the end, Cantley, um, through Morikawa missing that put. It was just one too many for him, I think. But it was drama. It was a lot more interesting than it would have been had Raham not withdrawn because he would have just won by a stretch. So I enjoyed my Sunday watching golf, even if it put me through the ringer a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I say, I think the week before I, I was, uh, when you were on Co-Crack, I thought you've got the right man on this week. Uh, even though, as I say, uh, Morikawa was scratchy, I just, I just thought he's still, I, th- I just thought he was, class would prevail and and, uh, and Cantley would sort of um, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory, but not a bar of it, you know. Um, as I say, you know, it's it's nice when they're rolling for you and, and they definitely are. And so that, you know, as I say, anyone listening, uh, and the, as I say, we're always getting more people all the time. You know, Matt's got some great stats. He, he does a lot of research behind it. So, you know, have a listen. Um, 
I, I tell you something um, I want to just also touch on, uh, and that is, before we move on to this week, um, the the Bryson um, Brooksy kind of uh, debate. Um, uh, uh, I don't know if, I'm sure, you know, anyone who follows golf will know, um, you know, there's been this obviously food between the two of them. And um, early in the week, a couple of players, a couple of people got chucked off the golf tournament, uh, off the off the course at Memorial for sort of shouting Brooksy to Bryson while he was playing. Uh, and uh, then um, Brooks uh, kept up with the, with a, with a brewery company responded by basically sending out cases of beer to these guys, which I thought was an absolute fucking disgrace. I, I, I was really, I, I really like Brooks Kepka and, and I really rate that guy, but he has gone way, way down in my estimations doing that. And I know I'm, well, you know, maybe I'm a bit of a grumpy old man these days, but I, I just, I don't see the funny side in that at all because I think it just um, it heightens um, idiotic behaviour by by some and there is always an element at especially at these American tournaments. It doesn't seem to be so bad at the European tournaments, but in American tournaments, there's always an element that's had just a few too many cans of the loudmouth soup. They that they, they scream enough um, crap as it is anyway, and to kind of exacerbate this this sort of behaviour um, when a guy is just really feel what you like about Bryson DeChambeau, no problem. But the guy's going out to, to do the best he can in a, in a, you know, he's a professional, he's trying to, in a, in a pressure-cooked environment, to have idiots going around and sort of yelling out Brooksy on his backswing, I just think that is shit. And and, and I and, and I was, I hope that the PGA pulled Brooks Kepka aside and say, don't do that. Because that, to me, is just the really base sort of behaviour to kind of almost encourage that sort of rubbish. I don't know what, if you have any thoughts on it, Matt. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a bit crass, Brooks's stunt now. I mean, it's probably best to start with some context. I'm all, I've am i always been a Bryson guy, not maybe because I like him as a person, but he's won me an awful lot of money, and money talks in golf betting. So yeah. I kind of feel, it's, it's a very strange thing to say about a grown man, I kind of feel a bit protective of Bryson. I think Bryson is vulnerable in a way that a lot of golfers aren't. And I know he he very much puts himself out there because he's different and the way that he, he wears the flat cap and his, his approach and the irons and everything about Bryson is made to be different. And I think it, it was crass, especially as the, the beer company that, that Brooks was using are actually the official beer company of the PGA Tour. Now, yeah. this that doesn't quite sit right about one of its stars because that's what that's what they both are to be honest one of it one of its stars using that almost against another and yeah. i think it is inherently linked to the pip and all this enormous pile of money that they're going to get for interaction on social media and the rest of it but i thought that was a step too far because it is encouraging the sort of behavior that is odious at best and that no one really wants to see because no one needs encouragement at a golf tournament to shout at the wrong time and to be irritating. We've seen that over a course of years, haven't we? The baba yeah. and the mashed potato and the rest of it. Yeah. But I think it's just a little bit too... Now, Bryson's not innocent because he, he's played his part in this as well, but it's a little bit encouraging them to victimise him a little bit. Now, he has brought a lot of it on himself. But for me, the, everyone on, on Twitter and from what I've read, it seems to be that Brooks is the alpha in this situation and he's got Bryson exactly where he wants him, etc. But... I think Brooks's mask is slipping just a little bit because his whole charade of I don't care about golf, I'm I'm above it, I just turn up and win the majors, actually, he's choosing to embroil himself in this spat with Bryson, which yeah. 
you would have thought would be far above him if he was anything like like DJ, who I think truly is just completely ambivalent to all of this nonsense. But Brooks doesn't seem to be that way, and his his increased presence on social media might be due to this enormous pot of money. But actually, it seems like he's been drawn into it because he actually likes it, the conflict and the drama and the theatrics, which is interesting, but I'd rather see it on a golf course than, than Twitter or Instagram, to be honest. I'd rather see them in the final group together at a tournament somewhere and, and settle the dispute that way. Um, it's amusing. It's a, a bit of a sideshow, isn't it? But for me, I'd rather them just pair them up together and let's see what they do when they're, when they're going head-to-head because that'd be something that all golf fans would like to see, I'm sure. Yeah, and me too. That, that's uh, I don't find it amusing at all. Uh, I, uh, I find it, um, as I say, really crass and i think crass is a good word to use there i think it's distasteful um because and i'll tell you why because you know there is a certain element of idiot on these golf courses who gets who's going to get way too personally involved and wound up in this sort of stuff and 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 during i think it was on the thursday uh at memorial um and during bryson's backswing someone shouted at um brooksy and you know and he you know, he, he, he hit it, you know, off the fairway somewhere. He turned around and just l- looked at the guy. And you just think, okay, if this is going to start happening, and, and, th- and then uh, I didn't realise that that was what was happening at that stage. Um, someone had obviously shouted and been got a bit excited, da-da-da. Then later in the day, this this video comes out and uh, and, and, and shows Brooks Kepke, you know, almost, as I say, basically encouraging and inciting it. Now, you said a couple of weeks ago, as you say, oh, this is, you know, this could all just be a bit of a ploy for all of this, uh, as you say, increased social media sort of um, uh, activity and, and the money that's going along with that. And I think that now is starting to sound like a very good call you made a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, because it is, it does sort of feel like it's going that way. But I just don't, we don't need to do that in this game. We've got so many great young players, um, so many exciting players, the Brooks and Bryson thing, yeah, they're both big, strong, powerful players. I think you said it quite right. At the US Open, put them together. But don't encourage the fans to act like assholes because we just don't need that in golf. Um, uh, you know, uh, and I think there's 90% of the fans are, are, would be are fine. It's just, as I say, just a few too, ma- too many people getting a little bit. They'll pick a side and, and almost think that they're helping Brooks by shouting, do you know, which I just don't think is helping anyone. Yeah, know? I agree. Although on this subject, it's completely an aside, but the whole PIP and the big vat of money, I need to mention Jim Herman is amazing. If you don't follow him, follow him yes, on. Yes, he's very funny, he, isn't he? So he keeps kind of chiming in. There's a couple yeah. of, it was a couple of days ago. I might start a feud with Vaughn Taylor to juice my PIPs and then yeah. <laughs> anyone calling me Charles Howell on the golf course is getting booted out. <laughs> it's just yeah. perfect sort of parody of what's going on so that was a bit of light relief in the week yeah anyway uh right so let's move on to the palmetto championships which sounds like a 1970 cigarette company but um <laughs> the um this is a this has been put together because uh the rbc canadian um open which would usually be the event that they would play this week at, because of logistical issues regarding covid and and uh, obviously cross-border issues and, and being in canada and what have you um they've had to sort of shelve this year so this is very hurriedly being put together at a course called um, Congaree. Now, uh, this is in um, uh, Gillinsville near Ridgeland, South Carolina, or Gillis, sorry, Gillisonville um, uh, in South Carolina. 
Um, now, this is very, I did a little bit of reading up on this course. It's interesting, actually. Conagree is a recently completed course designed by Tom Fazio that has received recognition, including being named Golf Digest's Best New Private Golf Course for 2018, as well as being named the best course built during the decade of 2010 to 2020. The club will debut at number 39 in Golf Digest America's 100 Greatest Golf Courses when the rankings are released in May. So it's a um, it's a par 71, 6,000 sorry, 7,685 yard course. So that's a that's a that's a test. Uh, you know, par 71, uh, 6,000 7,685 yards, it's a, uh, it's going some. So, um, but as I say, apart from that, I knew, I know precious little about this course. Uh, what is also striking is the field, as you tweeted today, Matt, is, <laughs> is um, well, I don't know what to say about this field. You've got, uh, as I say, Dustin Johnson uh, at the top of the field with, um, uh, you've got Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. Terrell Hatton, Matt Fitzpatrick, Sung J.M., Tommy Fleetwood, and then the field drops away pretty fast after that in terms of quality where you go from the sublime to, uh, you know, not far down, the ridiculous. So um, so first of all, uh, uh, you know, we, we, given, you know, we haven't had a lot of time to look at this course, we don't know much about it. What are your sort of um, impressions of, uh, have you gleaned any sort of information, Matt, and and uh, and second of all, what do you think about this field? Yeah, I mean, let's start on the field briefly because it's a mess, isn't it? Let's be honest. It is. Um, yeah. When you get down to to David Lingworth, Scott Harrington, and Jonas Blixt on the betting board, and realise there's still about sixty golfers to go when you get to that point, you know that it's a fairly weak field. I think it's it's very very top heavy. Um, you've got about five or six golfers, haven't you? I mean, if DJ or Kepka turn up and play, they, they lap the field. And I'm fine to let them do that. I won't be back in either of them. Um, and then you get down to a couple more elite golfers, really, with Hatton, Fitzpatrick, Im. And then you've got Brandon Grace. And yes, he's in some great form. But Brandon Grace, a PGA Tour event at 25 to 1, that's not in Barracuda? I'm not sure. Um, I don't care how good a form he's in. I don't think I can back him at that price. Um yeah, I mean, it's weak at best, isn't it? So I'll be honest, I came in when I started to do my look at my my stats and stuff, looking for, for Hail Marys, really, looking for enormous long shots. Now, it's not necessarily turned out that way, um, the way that I've picked them out, but that's very much was my plan. It was just to play scattergun down the bottom. Um, but it's a bit of a puzzle for me with crunching numbers this week because normally I'll just use general tour stats, but I'm having to readjust my my parameters a bit because when someone's coming out 100th on tour, actually that's really good in this field because the top 100 on tour probably aren't playing apart from a couple at the top. Um, the course itself, I've spent my really experience of the course is just watching some flyovers after work tonight. Um, I read an article that that said it, it is basically a combination of Pine Valley, Pinehurst and Royal Melbourne, which is glowing, isn't it? Um, and my initial reaction of Palmetto, I was thinking, oh, it's just going to be another hit and giggle where they're shooting 25 under. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case at all. It might actually make for a, quite a nice tournament, even with a, a poor field. Um, from my, my flyovers and things, obviously, it's a long course, especially playing a par 71 at 7,600. It's got from what I can gather, waste areas like um, Kiowa did. So there's there's lots of sand on the course, but they're not classed as bunkers so that you can ground clubs in them, things like that. So okay. I've 
weighted a little bit of sand saves and and being able to play out of out of sandy waste areas. Um, I think length will help um, length rather than accuracy because the fairways, from what I can see, are extremely wide for the PGA Tour. Um, and then just factored in some long approaches as well as my usual um, approach play stats. Um, the greens are really big here too, so hitting greens and regulation isn't going to be the problem. Um, I think it's keeping the putts down as much as you can. Um, get it on the big green, smash it down the fairway, and then one putt as often as possible. Um, so putting average, approach play, driving distance, um, and some longer approaches, 175, 200 yards, that sort of stuff. Again, though, I was looking at some, with the lack of course form, I've tried to look at a bit of recent form as well and just see how are they rounding in. Is there anything within the stats that their irons are turning on or they're starting to show some life with, with the putter that I could factor in? But to be honest, it is a bit of a crapshoot. But I've turned up back in players a bit of a shorter price generally than I thought I would. Yeah, I, 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 I'm the same. I, 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 I started out looking at this field and as I say, after about the first, you know, 10, 15 lines, I was thinking, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, what's this guy doing here? Uh, and, and thought, man, I've got a long way to go to the end of the field. If he's up here, who's the rest, who's the rest <laughs> of this field? Uh, and um, yeah, it gets pretty uh, interesting. Uh, anything past, uh, as I say, uh, yeah, David Lipsky, 125 to 1, um, you know, anywhere past him. And uh, yeah, uh, this, there's a few of the, quite a few of these names I'm going, who? Um, so, uh, anyway, um, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think this could be, uh, you know, the write-up on this course is, as I say, one of the best, you know, best best courses in the de- in the decade um, design, and and it's been, you know, there's a lot of glowing references about this course, so it could be great. Uh, I'll be interested to see it. Um, and I'm the same. I, I ended up looking at guys because obviously, you know, there's no course form to go on. I, I went on, um, you know, distance is going to be a factor here because it is a long old walk in a past 71. It's going to be, uh, uh, you know, for me, a, a combination of, you know, good long straight hitters and uh, and some good, you know, decent, you know, form of in the last sort of month, few months or weeks and months. But yeah, I would, uh, I would, I would, my my picks come with a bit of a wealth warning at the moment, uh, punters, because uh, I'm I'm stone cold. So uh, I'd listen to Matt for, before you listen to me. Um, so I'm gonna so I'm gonna go through my uh, picks because I'm rattle them off pretty quick. There's not a lot of logic behind them uh, other than just what I said. Um, so I'm going to go through them and why, and then I'm going to hand it over to you, Matt. Sure. So um, I first of all, uh, my first pick this week uh, was um, with. Uh, Keith Mitchell um, with Star Sports, who's at 40 to 1. The reason I'm going with Keith Mitchell is I've been quite impressed with the guy's form lately. He plays tough course as well. He, he played um, Quail Hollow very well um, and ran Roy McElroy very close at Quail Hollow. Uh, I, I, I like his form. He's a, he's a good long ball hitter, good straight ball hitter. And, uh, and he is, um, I think, someone, if, if it is going to be the testing sort of track that we think it could be, then, um, then Keith Mitchell at forty to one, I think, is um, is, is decent enough money. Um, my next pick is uh, sorry. Uh, my next pick is um, I'm going to go with Richie Wawrinski at a hundred to one. I, I I like this guy. I like the cut of this guy's jib, as they say. Um, I, I I think he uh, he's been playing solid golf late. He's been up and around the, the leaderboards. Uh, he, he he keeps it pretty. 
pretty straight. Uh, it's not the world's longest hitter, but um, but I'm going to sort of go on, on, on recent form with Rich Urensky at 100 to 1 in this field, which, as you say, if you take out Brooks and, and Dustin, there isn't a hell of a lot else to go on uh, in terms of um, depth of quality. And I think Rich Urensky at 100 to 1 is, is pretty decent. Um, my next pick is, uh, is Will Gordon. Now, the reason I'm going with Will Gordon, he's a bit of a streaky sort of player and, and it wouldn't be someone I would usually pick. But with Will Gordon, he hits it an absolute country mile and uh, he's one of the longest hitters on tour. I, I like the fact that if he, you know, he has shown some flashes of form. Um, he has got quality. It's just consistency that Will Gordon lacks. And I'm, this, um, that's my biggest worry with Will Gordon. But at 200 to 1 with Star Sports in this field, I, I'm, I think that that's, you know, that's a good enough go for me for the fact that, as I say, if he gets it out there and he keeps it straight, he could have a, 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 a pretty good advantage across um, some, of these, um, some of these other players. And um, my last guy uh, is, um, is, is Rafa Cabrera-Bello. Cabrera and, the, and the reason why is because just, from his, just on recent form, he's, he's, been, he's come into some really good recent form lately. Uh, I, I like the way he's playing. I, I've always, I've always had sort of been a bit of a fan of Rafa, and he's at sixty-six to one with Star Sports. And I think from the last few weeks, uh, he had, you know, a good solid tournament last week. Uh, he had a, uh, uh, he's, he, 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 two, two, two last two starts. He's had two, two good solid performances. So I think at sixty-six to one, um, Rafael Cabrera Bello is, um, is good value. So. Those are my picks for this week. Matt, who do you like? Um, I like a couple of yours, Craig. Oh, uh, Jesus Christ. You don't want to do that, mate. Yeah. And <laughs> one of them, I didn't think I couldn't, I didn't think anyone else was going to be on this chap. And it's Will Gordon. Um, he was one of the first ones that jumped out at a, a beast of a price, as you say. Um, yeah. I took 250s um, with one firm. Um, I think Will Gordon's a really nice fit here. Now, he, he, he comes with the caveat that he is very much a well into three figures shot but like you say he is enormous off the tee and um, he's fifth on on tour in driving distance and he is quite a streaky player um but what i like about will gordon is that actually despite him his approach player not being brilliant generally his long approaches are absolutely golden he's 12th on tour sort of up with the elites of the game for his approaches um over 200 yards which you're going to need to quite a lot here with i think they've got the longest par four on tour at about 540 yards which will be a, a stretch even for him to reach um mm. they've got some really long par fives and he more than anyone else in this field i think bar maybe dj and brooks perhaps is going to give himself lots of chances at reaching those sorts of holes um, and giving him chances and actually he's a reasonable putter um, his putting average is pretty good um and he's he's all okay out of the sand so i thought with that distance and with his streaky nature like you say if he puts things together um then he, he might have a chance and at those sorts of prices you can definitely take a chance um so yeah will gordon um is my first cab off the rank and in agreement with you which i didn't think was going to happen yeah. Uh, but there we go. Um, I'm also on a second one of yours, which I'll go through briefly as well. It's Keith Mitchell. Um, I think he's great um, for this course. He's excellent on Bermuda and he's not that much good anywhere else, um, which is important that he's returning to Bermuda here. Um, this is a player who's already won at a Fazio design um, at the Honda Classic, um, where he fended off Northern Brooks Kopka, if I remember rightly. 
Um, and that is, it's a tricky course. Um, dissimilar to this one in a way, because the, the rough here is, is pretty nondescript. It's not going to affect it much at all. But I think this course is going to play firm and fast. It almost likened itself a little bit when I was looking at the flyovers to desert golf almost. Now it is a little bit of guesswork at this point, working out exactly how that's going to play. But I think because it's firm and fast, long is going to help, but actually keeping it relatively tidy, both off the tee and with your approaches um, is going to be important too. Um, and Keith Mitchell is plenty long enough. He's actually... Mm. It's not a really good putter, but he's not a bad putter on Bermuda, which he is perhaps on, on poor and some other surfaces. Like Gordon, his extra length um, allows him to, to hit some really good longer approaches. He's not as good out of the sand, but he's actually got some sneaky recent form as well, Keith Mitchell. He did miss the cut last start. But in his last five starts before that, he's had a 17th, a 3rd and a 26th. Like you say, he followed home McElroy, didn't he, at Wells Fargo? Yeah. And I think at 45 to 1 in this field is actually a really nice price on Keith Mitchell. And yeah, then... I do too. I, I really fancy Keith Mitchell at that price. When I, I, when I looked at him, I thought, gee, that's generous for a guy that can play long course as well. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think his confidence will be up coming back to Bermuda. He knows it's something that he plays well on. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in on Keith Mitchell this week. Um and then I've got a player who has kind of sneaked up on me and not something that, not someone I've really looked at too much in the past. But in this field, at this price, I think he's a cracker of a bet. Um, and it's Vince Whaley at 80 to 1. Um, now yeah, he played very well the other week, didn't he? Yeah. He did. He's played really well for a really long time, um, but kind of under the radar well, not necessarily contending. But stats-wise, hmm. he's been rounding into form. And he's got nine consecutive missed, uh, not missed cuts, made cuts now. So he's made nine consecutive missed cuts, of which about six or seven have been top 25s, which is just uber consistent. And when you think this is probably the weakest field or one of the weakest fields in that span of made cuts, then he has every chance to go one better and, and sneak a place or even or even win it here. Um, so, yeah, I think he's really good. And especially when I look closer at the form, um, he was... A bit so-so in terms of all of the stats metrics I looked at over the past six months and over the season. But if you think about that spell of recent form of, what, maybe three months, perhaps, with nine starts, I'd, I'd estimate, because he's not played the major. Um, if you narrow that down, he actually throws himself right high into, into my estimations in terms of more, that more recent form. He jumps from 138th in approach play to 40th, from 100 input in average to, to 50th. And those are the sorts of figures that actually have elite golfers ahead of them that just aren't competing in this field. So I think Whaley has a, a really even makeup. And you know how I like to back Chris Kirk, who has a very similar even makeup. Mm. And I think in this field at 80 to 1, he's actually a really, really good price. Mm. Mm. So Vince Whaley for me. Um, I'm then going to throw a bit of a curveball in there before going back to an old favourite. Um, and I'm going to give out John Pack. Um, who is currently, um, I think he believes he's still at college, so he'll be an amateur. Um, now, he is ranked a lowly 1,223 in the world currently. Um, Florida State, um, I think he's just been um, anointed the Ben Hogan Award winner and the Jack Nicholas Award winner. Um, and if I just draw your attention to, to some of the other names who have won those awards in their, in their final year of college, being Victor Hovland, John Rahm, Patrick Cantley, um, Matt Wolf, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas. And there is the Norman Jongs of the world as well. So I'm not saying it's a dead cert, but it reminds me a lot that that elite level of amateur college golfer of Colin Morikawa. Now, I wasn't on this show. We, we didn't talk when he first came out on tour, but Colin Morikawa's first start, he was ranked 1039th in the world. Um, and I think he made that cut and he won five starts later. Um, and obviously he's rocketed himself up the world, as have a lot of the golfers of that that generation with Hovland, mm. 
with Wolf and um, Sungjae has done it a slightly different way. So I don't want to be put off by that really lowly ranking because I believe Morikawa went off at 400 to 1 because I saw a, a tipster put him up at that price. And really, that was one of the best value bets I've ever seen. He didn't win, didn't get anything back. But these golfers coming out of college now are just so good. They are yeah. they're going to be, if you look at the, the span where he is on the board. So if you're looking down, I'm scrolling down, odds checker, not got to Lingmouth yet. Um, got to the point of, of being around where where he is at 150s, you've got your, your James Hans, Roger Sloans, Mark Hubbards, Kramer Hickox. John Pack is going to be a much better golfer than those players. That That's very, very likely that that's going to be the case. So, you know, we like to get on a golfer nice and early, try and find the value, and hopefully, I, I doubt he's going to win it. But at that price, I'm willing to find out. So, John Pack is 150 to 1, um, eight places. Okay. And my final pick this week um, is Patton Kazaya. Um, he missed the cut at Memorial. I'm willing to forgive it because I've backed him at longer prices than this in recent weeks in much stronger fields, and he's rewarded me playing some excellent golf. Um, he's one of the best putters on tour. Um, he's in the top 20 in the last three months in approach play. He's not short off the tee, 60th on tour. He's got a really nice piece of recent form, and with two-thirds in his last three starts, I'm willing to forgive um, Memorial because he maybe doesn't play those really tricky courses that well. And I'm happy to say, even with a longer course, um, there's not much rough. He should be able to get his irons on the ball and set up lots of chances. And hopefully he can keep holding them because um, he's not so bad at his long approaches either. So to round out the card, um, Pat and Kazaya um, this week. Yeah, Pat and Kazaya is a good shout. As you say, he played very well for you a couple of weeks ago. And in this field, he's got quality about him, Kazaya. There's no doubt about that. And uh, there's a good chance he'll he'll shape up well again in, in, uh, in, the, in this yeah, in this field, excellent call. Okay, well, uh, yeah, thanks for that, Matt. I think there's some very interesting calls there. I think we, I think you and I are on the same mind about Keith Mitchell. I think that is a, a if he gets away well, and uh, he, you know, he could be, he could turn out to be very nice value at sort of forty fives to one. That that's a great price. Okay, uh, and just to let everyone know, obviously we've got the US Open uh, coming up uh, the week after this, so uh, that'll be fantastic from Tory Pines. Uh, and uh, you know we'll, um, we'll we'll go into a bit of a deep dive about that uh, uh, next week and uh, and see if we can can pull up a winner for the US Open. Should be a fantastic tournament. Uh, and then uh, then we're off to the last major of the year in July, which is the Open in uh, Royal St George. So that you know that will be excellent as well. So um, yeah, I think that's about it, Matt. Thanks very much uh, once again. Um, if anyone wants to follow Matt, it's uh, F O R E underscore Bet on Twitter. And uh, you know he's uh, is. To say always pumping out a bit of information always good stuff to read and um yeah thanks to star sports our sponsors and good luck everyone and uh, hope we can uh, keep this winning streak going matt that's uh, two weeks in a row let's see if we can go for three absolutely with the euros on the cars i'm looking for a hat trick next week i know good luck for the week <laughs> yeah. now just before we go yes with euros uh, what, what what chance england <laughs> um, do you want my honest answer or my very patriotic answer? I want your honest answer. I would be very surprised if we do much, to be honest. Um, no, I think we'll we'll beat the teams we should be. I think when we get a real test, I'm not that convinced because I still don't think Southgate knows his best team, and I'm still convinced he's actually going to pick players that. Not the what do I know? Um, sat in me living room judging him, um, but I don't think he's going to pick the best players for the team. Um, 
I don't know. I'm just not convinced. That's my my pessimistic view of England. But that is based over over stats and evidence from the the relatively recent um, past. So I honestly hope they fly out the blocks against Croatia and really change my mind. I'm not sure that's going to be the case, but I really hope it is. Should be a great tournament, shouldn't it? I mean, there's some really great teams to be able to watch. You know, uh, you know, you know, the French are absolutely fantastic. Belgium are very strong. Um, you know, uh, Italy, you know, Spain, Netherlands look a good team. I mean, it should be great, shouldn't it? Yeah, definitely. Um, I always enjoy. I, I like making money on golf, so I can lose it all on the football and the <laughs> um, So yeah, I enjoy having my top goal scorers and whatever else, and having a, a good look before the tournament and trying to pick out some value the same. There never works out quite as well, truth be told. Um, but yeah, it's always good fun, and I can't wait for it to start. To be honest. Yeah, and honours shared in the cricket in the first test as well. So um, all to play for in the uh, second and final test between England and New Zealand. Uh, I think that's uh, coming up next week. I think or this week. I can't. I don't know. But uh, as I say, honours shared in the first in the first test. So um, yeah, let's see. Absolutely, yeah. Did you see our gallant warriors holding out on the final day? It was it was beautiful, wasn't it? That attacking fluid cricket. No, <laughs> terrible, wasn't it? Um, necessary. But but not not great for the viewer. But I'm very much choosing to watch the cricket so I can uh, so I can contribute when we when we undoubtedly win. Yeah, well, I mean, if it is safe, it didn't have that uh, that third day of, of torrential rain um, that that pretty much put a put, put the kibosh on the whole test. It would have it could have been a very very interesting um, shaping up to be a great test. So um, yeah, what do you think about? What do you think about the declaration? I thought it was a little bit conservative, just a tiny bit. They could have given us a half a shout, and I think you might have won it because I think yeah, you... I, yeah. I also think it was a bit conservative, and uh, you know, uh, would have liked to have a slightly seen a slightly more attacking mindset. But um, anyway, let's hope you know it's a good run of weather for the second test, and uh, you know, let, let's see what happens there. But. Uh, but anyway, uh, let's hope we can. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward to this golf tournament, Matt, for the fact of uh, I want to see. I mean, the, all this you know high praise about this course. So let's see what this course looks like. It, it could be interesting. Yeah, for sure. I'm looking forward to it. I like a new course, especially one that's not going to be a birdie fest. So yeah, it should be a good week. Let's hope we have some winners to talk about next week. Yep, let's keep it going, Matt. You're on a roll, mate. So um, let's go again. So yep, all the best, and um, we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, take care, man. See you later. See you. Bye.